0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast slash talk show. Uh, I am joined, as always, by the all-knowing, ever-punctual, Scott of VectorSigma.info. How you doing, Scott?
1: Good. Left class early to do this. See, it,
0: it's really the sacrifices that are the sign of dedication. Clearly. Obviously. So uh, this is actually going to be sort of a speed run, so to speak, through this today. There isn't a whole lot of news to cover. We'll get through it in just a minute, but we do want to dive right into the actions. And the game plan for this this time around, since we, uh, <laughs> as we discovered with the upgrades, it runs a little bit long, so we're actually going to break this into two different parts. We're going to just take it alphabetically, and then we're going to do the first half of them, so there's 42 total, we'll do 21 today, and 21 probably next week once we go through everything. Uh, Sound good to you, Scott? Yep, sounds good. Alright, so, uh, well, just to get the the news and early portion stuff out of the way, so did you get the chance to Transformer at all this week?
1: Um, Other than writing, no. Um, I wasn't able to go to some of the events I think that you went to, late last week or yes. over the weekend however you want to consider it um uh so i wasn't able to i wasn't even able to really get any testing in other than uh i sorted some cards that was that was uh, a, <laughs> and i uh, i made room in my um ikea closet thingy that i hold all my cards in by putting all my wow cards in the basement and making room for my transformers card
0: hey it's got to start somewhere right organization is yep. the key believe it or not yeah I've lost more hours to just looking for a card, whatever card, than I really want to say <laughs> mm-hmm. over the course of time and all these years. So as you mentioned, I, w- I did get the opportunity to play a little bit in some local events. So shout out to all the King's men, which they are kind of the driving force as to why our schedule's off a little bit this week, because you're going to be attending their upcoming event, right?
1: Yeah, this Saturday is their first weekend event. Um... So they're expecting a few more people than usual. Um, So I just wanted to get some actual physical play in uh, instead of just watching streams or talking about it. I mean, not that I I do think there's a lot of value in doing all that, but I wanted to get some actual games in. Um, So John Palmer, the guy that wrote uh, the guest article on VectorSigma.info, and I are going to get some testing in tomorrow night before we head down there on Saturday.
0: Awesome. Uh, now, I know from experience that they did have a, we'll call it a feature match table set up. So we're looking forward, definitely shout out to the guys over at Wreck and Roll. They're the ones who put that together uh, and they do a great job. So if you want to see me personally misplay like crazy on <laughs> on a recorded medium, it's over there from the event from last time I was running the, the Rare Optimus build that you'll see on there. Uh, they definitely, I believe they posted all that stuff to the, the various Facebook groups and all the other social media areas, but they do produce regular videos, so I wanted to give them a call-out too.
1: Yeah, I think there was three matches, because you guys only ran three rounds or something like that, and I think uh, were you, I think you were only in, yeah, you were only in one of them, but your opponent in the finals was in two in a row, because of the way that it worked out.
0: Yes, my opponent, unfortunately, uh, spoiler alert, had a very very awkward matchup, we'll call it that, Uh, (laughs) just by virtue of the way my particular comp lined up against his Anybody who is, if you get the chance to watch the videos, it'll be readily apparent once you load it up. So like I said, I wanted to give a shout out to them because of the efforts they're putting in. And we also want to call attention to anyone who's running local events. I don't—I was about to say I don't want to be a broken record about this, but I kind of do. <laughs> Talk to your local stores. Tell them that you want events. Because I know I've personally called around And there are people that will say on Facebook or in Discord or wherever, and that, you know, I want to play. Let's all meet up at this place. But if you don't make sure the store is aware, that's another way the store just telling people, oh, you're picking up Transformers cards? Did you know there's a group that meets here on Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, whatever? If they aren't aware and, you know, you're just kind of hanging out or not actively pushing it, the interest may not be there.
1: Yeah, there was actually a great wreck and roll video, um, I want to say it was like two days ago, um, where Brian laid out, like, a, like, it was about 35 minutes long, I want to say, like, step by step with, like, cool graphics and stuff. Like, it wasn't just a boring talking video where, like, how you should get your community off the ground. And to be honest, I mean, I've been playing card games for 25 years and he actually laid out some really good points because he and I have had some disagreements in the past about the role of the the local game store, but he laid out some really good points as to why it's so important uh, that you need to do this and like some ways that you can you can do this relatively easily and how to, um, how to get a community going. And one of the things that he talked about, which you and I have talked about offline was the sheer amount of people that are playing this game that are not that have no trading card game background or even like a gaming background. They have a Absolutely. they have a Transformers background. Right. And so it's important to um to understand that those people might not even be used to coming to a game store if they just bought their stuff at Target or Walmart. I don't know if Walmart carries it, but I know Target does. Right. Um to get their cards. So like I saw for example that, you know, there was some kind of like I don't know, like geek fest or something like that going on like around the store uh with brian and uh like you know they put up they put stuff up in a flyer and it was like it was like just they had to reach out to different people and i thought that was just he laid out a bunch of stuff in that video so uh check it out um i'll make sure when i post this on vector sigma info i also put a link to that video because i thought it was really insightful right um, for that specific topic
0: yeah just to underline that and emphasize it to give people because a lot of people listening to this watching this are they're already invested and it's sometimes it's hard to imagine what it was like way back when when you first started or not being invested and i'm not talking just from a financial standpoint i mean like you're emotionally invested in the game and yeah let me put it this way as i was walking from my car to the store a whole bunch of people from that whatever the I don't want to call it a convention, but whatever was going on in the town walked past me. I'm about to walk in. They walk past the store and go, wow, Magic the Gathering? How does that even still exist? <laughs> and I turned around and looked at them and just, I, first I was kind of taken aback, but I, I also said, you know, it, it's really big, funny story. It, it, I'm not exaggerating. And those are the sort of people that but like you said they just are literally unaware of what's
1: available to
0: them. And it's hard for yeah, that's people that are I usually involved. get from Oh god,
1: that's the reaction I usually get from people I call muggles that are non-dorks, <laughs> like non in the communities, but uh, uh, I, I wouldn't that's surprising from a uh, from a a nerd like that.
0: Yeah. Well, it was somebody that just happened to be I guess yeah. traveling or you, you know, maybe they were just taking in the sights, they or maybe they lived there and they were just out for a walk or whatever. I'm not sure, but it was in the midst of whatever this thing going on was. And first, again, for people that are involved, invested, have been playing games for years, or even if you've been playing for a while, it's hard to imagine, how does somebody have no idea? But there are a lot of people out there that not only have no idea, they don't even know where to begin. So this will be their first foray. So definitely check out those videos, Wreck and Rule, give them a shout out again, because of the efforts they're doing. and Scott, you had said it, it's going to be up on, or link to it on VectorSigma.info as well, right?
1: Yeah, that uh, especially that video, but I mean, through that you should also uh, uh, check out some of the other stuff as well.
0: Right. Uh, other quick stuff before we uh, dive into, I guess, the the main portion for tonight is uh quick shout-out to TCG Rollout, just because he recently indicated that he hit 300 subscribers, which is a big milestone. He was one of the first people doing videos for this game, so... I want to call out any other content creators that are, you know, they're hitting these sort of things. It's a big deal that everyone, uh, I guess the old phrase, a rising tide raises all ships. So as everybody succeeds, hopefully we all succeed and we'll grow the community. Uh, But you had mentioned briefly, Scott, speaking of other content creators, that you just put an article out this week as well, right?
1: Yeah, it it went up this morning. Uh, So our podcast went up. On the site on Monday, and then uh, this morning I put up the first of another article series. I don't know why. Like, I guess my thoughts are so they always come out in like these giant trilogies or <laughs> five-part series or something like that. It, it just—it's just always the way that my writing seems to go. Because I don't. You're think getting Hollywood it on us, Scott.
0: Everything's a trilogy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, um, it's ideas we've talked about on here before, but um, that I that I wanted to put down on paper, just around understanding you know playing out the turn before you actually start to do anything in the turn right and uh, the biggest part of that is going to be and I think and I don't see a lot of people I, I don't I, I assume people don't do this because I see them playing relatively quickly I mean unless they have computer brains it, it's really hard to, to do this on the fly right um, but the idea is to understand who you're going to attack with as early as possible in this thought process. Who you're going and who you're going to attack, um, and how much damage you should be doing based on uh, the curve of outputs that that specific uh, bot has, um, and the defense of your opponent and, and how much damage they should be preventing. Uh, that will allow you to understand whether you should even play upgrades on that character or wh- and actions dealing with that character or whether you can take the ability to, you know, play upgrades on somebody else that are not as, you know, quote, immediately impactful, right. uh, like armor or a utility doesn't have uh, buffs or like, you know, things like data pad. I mean, uh, data bank and things like that um, that don't seem to have an immediate effect. Because you're already at a point where you're going to kill your target anyway, or you're not, or it's not going to make a mathematically significant difference. That's right. the that's like the whole point of the series. But the first part is you needed to be able to determine how much damage you're going to do initially before you even uh, dive into that. And that's so I so I needed to start somewhere. That's why it, it's becoming a multi-part series because you had to start there.
0: It's something that I don't want to dive too far into it because obviously, yeah. go ahead yeah. over there. Take a read over at VectorSigma.info, and it's it's one of those things that. So don't be too proud. It's allowed. You're allowed to think about these things or see other people's thoughts. I remember when I was still playing football as a kid, I remember one of my coaches saying that he went to a conference for other coaches, and he was about to walk out of this one talk because they were talking about the the center quarterback exchange, and then he saw another older coach who he had known for years and respected taking pages and pages of notes about what the talk was about. And it's one of those things that even sometimes baseline things are what seem to be basic. And at the surface, maybe people will think that about this sort of topic, but it's worth reading and examining anyway to ensure that your play improves.
1: Yeah, just as a shout out uh, for some future content, um, in talking with wreck and rule specifically brian um he had they always post gameplay videos and i watch all of them uh and i was giving little comments to him here and there and i decided on on one of their recent ones just to write an entire article basically dissecting the entire game nice uh from from his perspective with his permission of course to try to get everybody better at it but i but i feel like what you just said right there is entirely like the point of why it's imp- if you can digest content like that about watching other people play and and think about what you would do in that situation, um, it's really important for you as a player. It just it just gives you opportunities like you're playing the game but you're not really physically there, so it just gives right. you more opportunities to like get games in. So
0: there's always a chance to learn is the bottom yep. line. So yep. definitely head on over to VectorSigma.info. Check that out. Uh, if you want to see either read or see or hear more content along those lines or other content, definitely. Reach out to us. Either Scott, there's contacts on VectorSigma.info or on Twitter at VectorSigmaI. You can reach out to me at at (laughs) RandThoughtPod. I know it sounds weird, but you'll see it in the video on Twitter. (laughs) Um, So anyway, with that, I guess we'll kind of get rolling. Uh, So we're looking at the first half of the actions today, and the first one is actually one of the promo ones, and that's All Out Attack, which for a lot of people, I think, the initial thought when this was revealed, and then for a while, is that this card is broken in half. Did you share that, or do you think that now, Scott?
1: Um, I don't think it's broken at all. Um, I don't. I don't even. I don't know if it's even overrated or underrated, but it's good for what it does. It just has. It has a lot more limited use than I think people initially gave it credit for. Right. Um I feel like it's really good in Insecticon decks. Mm. Um it's actually one of the reasons why like I've taken a softer stance on on, on playing bug decks and, and feeling like they're better than I may have initially given them credit for because basically so many of their abilities are, are are built into the characters themselves. They don't rely on upgrades as much as other decks do. Right. Um this is a really good card to play At the beginning of the second round, whatever you want to call it, like the second wave of attacks. Absolutely. A lot of people were very focused on, oh, you have to play a four-character deck because you can all-out attack as your first action. Like That's not going to do anything for you. Like You're basically going to attack with all your guys, and then they're going to attack with all their guys, Mm -hmm. except for your action phase was playing a card that allowed you to do it. They're going to have a full-on, be able to play an upgrade and be able to play an action. They're going to be ahead Mm -hmm. of you in that situation, unless you take out one of the Somehow take out the one guy that's tapped, and then the second guy, and another guy. Like otherwise, there's no advantage there. Yeah, so that's they... why I feel like the card was overrated to begin with. Mm. However, there are situations, especially going to that second round, where you can gain a serious advantage when your guys are transformed into the mode that they 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 are best in. Maybe have an upgrade. Um, there are certain. Um, characters that really benefit from being able to attack early as opposed to the late game. So, right. I do think it has certain play especially in like really all in aggro decks, especially like insecticons and potentially like other like, very heavily all in aggro decks. I really like it there.
0: Right. A, a lot of people I saw, and I had had this thought initially, too, was using with a rare Optimus, and then, oh, well, literally, if you are playing first, you happen to flip it, guess what? All your other guys get in. Having sure. played the rare Optimus, I'm not even sure that's the correct play. Um, it, it's re- certainly going to depend on the matchup, but the, the issue would be, now Optimus is exposed, and it, since he's the focal point of the deck, you better be sure that you really got your money's worth. I would assume you would, but there is the chance that, it, you know, the way their deck, their flips work, or as far as, you know, their defensive flips, uh, maybe you don't get as much value as you hope. Uh, there, it, I started to go sour on it. I still like it a lot. I agree with you about Insecticons and just four-wide stuff in general because... You should probably be securing something if you're attacking with four guys.
1: Yeah. So, but but the issue is, can you can you kill not just the tapped guy, which you could probably kill anyway, over the course of the turn? Like you're, you're exactly. giving up the ability to play all future upgrades and all future action cards, like for the rest of the round. Mm-hmm. Even though your opponent doesn't gain a huge advantage either, because they they're going to be in the same situation. Like right, it, it, it's a little different, but. I do like it better, also in the two the two wide Optimus decks, because you want to attack with both your big guys as soon as possible. So I I feel right. like it probably has some play like in the the power of the primes deck, right. even though it seems odd, like you're just attacking with one more guy. But I feel like you probably that's all you want to do for the turn anyway, for the round anyway, well, so doing with, it right away can't hurt.
0: With primes that big, you may be just securing right. two kills that way. Because, you right. know, regular Optimus attacks in, or Nemesis attacks in, and there's not much surviving that in general. Uh, right. Yeah, it it's something that I think is probably not as powerful as people had initially thought, but it's still pretty strong. You just may need to put a little more brain power behind it. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, moving on from there, what about backup plan? The, uh, Pseudo refill. I had this in a lot of lists initially. It's been bouncing in and out of sleeves. What do you think?
1: It's usually uh, it's it's the third white card I grab for often. Um, yeah, when there's not like a corner case white card I use in a specific deck, um, because I find that when I play my hands are empty often, so it has very little downside. Um. And you're getting a lot of cards for the value. Right. Uh, so I think it's fine. I just don't. I like in my aggro decks, I try not to play more than like six or seven whites in one way or the other. So, like, mm. I, I just find that I usually wind up playing like one because it just happens to be like the seventh white or the sixth white that I'm playing. Mm. Um, I think it's a solid card. It's just that I just don't play a lot of white specifically in my deck. So, um,. But it's definitely, like I would say, the third one that I reach for, generally.
0: I think I'm kind of in the same boat. If I need a 40th card, and it happens to coincide with being a white card, I'm not trying to get a, air quotes, fourth copy of an effect, then this is probably going to make the cut. Because it is a significant chunk of cards. Uh, There's a bunch of decks that I've been trying that are card-hungry, simply because of what they do. You know, for example, shout out to Dark Mount, who I'm putting in virtually every deck. (laughs) Uh, We're trying to make them work. I just love the card. I even tweeted at the official account that I love that card. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I like Backup Plan, but it is... I agree with you right now, it's probably... I generally have at least probably two more, definitely one, maybe two more white cards ahead of it in almost every list.
1: And that's the only thing holding it back. I mean, I think it's a fine card for what it does. Absolutely. Um, what about Battle Ready? So, I mean, it
0: feels super wombo-y, but I mean, you got to invest a lot in this. I, I don't know. I, I haven't found where I've loaded up Megatron Living Weapon and it actually worked. Yes, is the scenario where this card wants to be played.
1: I can't see why you'd ever play this card.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm. I was trying to concoct scenario. I mean, I guess you could. If you're running Specialist, multi- not multi-mission gear, uh, multi-tool is the, the upgrade one, I think. Yeah. I always mix them up. Uh, I that's
1: the weapon one, yeah. Multi-mi- multi-mission gear is the armor, multi-tool is the. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean.
0: You could, but you... you're getting a, a pseudo, like it's a lot of hoops to get, leap into battle with an orange icon is what it feels like. Or it is.
1: Well, the, the key is that all your characters get it. So, like, on the turn, if you have more guys left at the end, and they do, and you mm-hmm. play it on that last turn, if they also, for some reason, have a bunch of upgrades, you're getting, like, like, let's just say multiple plus twos, or multiple plus ones, which may matter, but you have to invest too much into it to to get that. If they ever make a card that, like, puts, like, token armors onto somebody that counts as upgrades, or, mm-hmm. or like, easier, like, tandem targeting computer type effects, like, um, this will be better, but for now, um. Well, now that I you, just think there's better options.
0: Now that you say that, that one of the other scenarios potentially is if you, because I love tanks. If you play tanks, hunker down to load up three guys with armor. Yeah, that's maybe fair. have something yeah. else, but I really think you have to have two on each guy, or it's yeah, not worth it. Like I don't think plus one, even if you're attacking with literally everyone, is worth it. I agree. It, it just feels insignificant. But yeah. I gotta make a note of that. <laughs> Try that out later. <laughs> um bombing run. So I was really I was excited about this card. I loved it. I it felt and seems powerful on the surface. In reality for me, it's been way worse than a disappointment. How how do you feel
1: about it? Um I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's Numbers wise, it's the same as plasma burst, and it has an icon. Like mm. you, you heal one and you deal one. But I guess I don't, I don't know how often uh, you have. I mean, I wrote about this in the second article. Like, there's ways to get damage on your guys through your own effects, right? Um, like this in combination with like photon bomb and and things like that are are obvious, um, right? But I, I don't know. I, I think it's fine. I don't I, I wish it was red I wish it was orange, but I mean mm-hmm. I, I think it's fine for what it does. Like I think I would play it any list that had at least two planes in it. I mean Right. Um what? if you're if you're taking off one from two guys and doing two, I think that's way above the curve. But I even think one for one, it's not it's like not terrible. I don't know, like it's I don't like know if I feel good enough
0: playing like, Zap. I mean, yes, it's better than Zap, <laughs> literally. I mean it, it does something extra, but at the same time, it's do I really want to spend my action playing Zap on a say because the obvious thing is tie it up with, with Thundercracker and then brainstorm it into something to try and you know finish somebody real quick. Yeah. I the, my issue has been in general, it's doing one. And I don't feel Zap has been good enough to, like, have to have a plane-specific Zap.
1: I mean, there's characters like Scrapnel that are really annoying, so I mean, like, I can see where this would have use, but... Um... Right. Yeah, I'm not
0: saying it's useless, it's yeah. just been... I really want it to be plasma Burst, and it very rarely is, simply because one of the planes will will get snapped in half, like it's one of those little cardboard flyer things everybody had as a kid from the dollar store where you just put them together and, you know, shoot on a rubber band or something and then inevitably you would hit a tree and the whole thing would explode into flames practically because they're they're made of nothing. Uh, That's what a lot of the planes feel like. So one of them gets targeted down, has like 10 damage on it, and your other planes are untouched. And then you Mm -hmm. play Bombing Run and you feel really silly because it's like oh, I healed one. I'll just take a hundred next turn and it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I think the other issue is that they have to be in plain mode, which can be difficult to stay in that mode. So, Mm -hmm. um, as we talked about before. So, I don't know. I mean... You you'd have you more experience with it than I do, but mm-hmm. it seems on the surface like it's okay, but I can definitely see where there's multiple problems with it.
0: It feels like there's something there, but a lot of the times where... And I could be playing things wrong. I will openly admit that, but I feel like I often want to go brainstorm, roll out... Or, yeah, brainstorm, roll out, bombing run in order to get the great effect. Mm-hmm. But it never seems to work out that way.
1: No, it's fair. Yeah. So. If, if in that case it's not even still not doing anything, then I, I would say there's problems.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I haven't gotten that scenario just because it's it feels like it's asking a lot to to yeah, get all those true. things to come together. Yeah. Um, so speaking of brainstorm, I uh, it seems like everybody loves this card. I some days I love it, and other days I'm staring at it and going, "Well, you're literally the only card in my hand." <laughs> uh, how are you feeling on brainstorm?
1: Uh, it's super overrated. Yeah. Um. The way I play the game, the way that my games wind up, um, I don't have a lot of cards in hand. I mean, you start with four cards. Let's say you're going first; can't play anything on the first turn. Then you have five cards. You can play two cards, ideally. Uh, you're down to three. Then you play. Then you're up to four. Then you're down to two, etc. Like there mm. are very limited opportunities to play additional action cards. Right. Um, there are certain cases where this is automatically in the deck. Um, Rare Prime, Thundercracker, Mm -hmm. Shockwave. Um, But I see people throwing it in every single deck, and I don't understand why. I mean, I can create scenarios in every single deck where you would want to do two things in a row. Like, you know, use some kind of draw effect to draw into X and then play X right away. Yep, Clearly, that's that's going to happen in every deck, right? But that those those scenario that requires you to have the initial card in your hand and the brainstorm in your hand before you draw into the third piece, like like I just don't people put it in just way too many situations. I mean, hmm. in in combo based decks, which is where uh, like the thunder crackers and and this and the shock waves of the world come into play, or the or the rare optimist that can play it off its flip, and then you can play the actions in your hand even if you only play one. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand those uses for it. But I, like I said, I just see it in way too many decks. And mm-hmm. it's, whenever whenever you question somebody, it's always some magical Christmas land scenario right. that they're talking about. And I'm like, that's just not going to happen more often enough. And I, I just don't get why it's in so many lists. I, I think... can understand why it's in certain, but not the number right. that I've seen.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems to be a an auto include for a lot of people and I definitely agree with everything you're saying because that that's kind of my opinion on it. The I do appreciate that it has a blue icon because it I think that's what those combo centric decks would want. Because they need to live long enough. So if if you're not drawing it, at least when you're flipping it, you're ensuring that you get possibly another turn to do whatever yeah. your thing is. If it was orange, I I I don't know. I think it would get played in those scenarios anyway, you'd just be a little less happy about it. Um, but yeah, I'm it, it, going back to the examples that we were just talking about for the last couple cards, especially Bombing Run, the scenario I always wanted was Rainstorm into Photon Bomb into Bombing Run, which has never happened. And I <laughs> directly <laughs> to your point, what are the odds that, given the, the way the game works you're more likely to flip a card than to draw it. Even if you opening hand brainstorm and sit on it, you still have to draw two other cards while they're still relevant. It just feels like you're asking a lot. You need every card, every action in your deck to want to be simultaneously played with another action, not just, oh, it's cool, I get to play two. It, it, they have to be synergistic enough to justify
1: it for some reason you you can't wait to turn and and that's like why just wait like what's the big deal right you know most of the time yeah you can zap zap something next turn if you really want to get that zap off yeah you can you can direct damage something somehow next time it'll it'll be okay yeah (laughs) every you know good everyone's going to talk about the times that they did Three actions in a row and it, and it won them the game. They're never going to talk about the times it sat in their hand because they didn't draw anything significant.
0: Yeah, I've stared at Wheeljack pondering reality for a lot of time. <laughs> so I've <laughs> I've definitely started to ratchet it back because uh, I I was excited to try it. I mean, there's a lot of you know flair to this card, but yeah, it's it asks a lot of you. And if you're not playing Thundercracker specifically, I feel like it. It and obviously Shockwave as well, but. If we had larger
1: hand sizes, it'd be different, but we do Yeah, don't, exactly. So.
0: Right. So, uh, speaking of Shockwave, I actually like this next card in Shockwave. I haven't seen it in a lot of lists, uh, and that's Collateral Damage. So it's not really a two-for-one if you hit your opponent's weapon because you're losing a card from your hand, even if you avoid the weapon piece. Uh, but it is a guaranteed discard effect. Have you tried this one out at all, or do you think you're not even going to sl- sleeve it up?
1: Uh, I can see where it would definitely be good in shockwave if it does both things you want to do, which is slow down your opponent and get them to take um, indirect damage. So um, mm-hmm. it's fine. I mean, um, it's that's not the type of deck where you really necessarily want to like destroy armor. So like, I would probably play a weapon destroyer like Scrapper Gauntlets. Type right. effect over over, like even like a this is the, because it has a blue pip. It's probably better in that deck than the other upgrade destroying options that are mostly orange that you would want. So I can see where this would see play there because you're probably even if you are running weapons, which you you should in like almost any deck. Um, regardless, uh, it's not going to hurt you as much as it will likely hurt your opponent. So I can definitely see where it would have use. Yeah,
0: you can, of course, play around it. And that's one of the other things that drew me to it is, in general, card games, symmetrical cards, you know it's coming. So you have a chance to prepare for it, build your deck that way, mold your play around it. Your opponent isn't going to be as prepared for obvious reasons. So I think it might have a home. Maybe the you having to discard your own stuff is a little too much. We'll, we'll have to see. But I do like it, in general, in Shockwave so far.
1: Yeah, it seems good there, for sure.
0: It's just Shockwave is a very com- complicated deck to build, <laughs> for obvious yep. reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one's Computer Sabotage. Do you ever foresee this card seeing play?
1: Oh, I had to see the picture to know what it did, so no. <laughs> That's kind um, of... It. Yeah. I mean, if we ever have sideboards, I can imagine where this card would see you, but I, I don't understand... I, I never have more than three cards in my hand, except for when I draw my fourth to start the game anyway, and I yeah. can't play a card, so, like, I don't, like, it's a corner case card against, like, Sunstorm decks, right? Or like, had, or Sunstorm
0: must have been a monster in development or something, and somebody got really scared. The only time I've ever had an, enough cards that this would make me discard more than one is when I've hit, like multiple treasure hunts and then like back-to-back turns and all of them hit four cards just by the way it worked out yeah and like i don't know if my opponent would even care then because it's like okay you you can't play those fast enough the game will be over before you play
1: them all right exactly exactly i i yeah i don't get this card yeah sideboard if they ever exist i guess i don't know yeah
0: Although I do love Tailgate on here, he's, he's one of my favorite characters in the <laughs> comics. So shout out there. Uh, now this next one, um, this one I'll never see any play because uh, I mean, <laughs> who's gonna play Dinobots?
1: But uh, yeah, this this one's terrible.
0: Yeah, Dino Chomp. Is there anything negative you have to say about this card? I mean, obviously I mean, it's scrap. You scrap
1: your, you your whole hand. I mean that that can be a huge detriment on like turn two when you would never play this. Like yeah, I mean, like. Uh, no, there's nothing bad to say about this card. Yeah, um, it, obviously it's insane. It's right. it's. Uh, I guess it's the best combat trick, combat ability in the game. Like I can't imagine there's one better. Like it's better than leap into battle in a in a, correctly built Dino Bot deck. Right. It's insane.
0: Yeah. It, it the bold five is just bonkers. It, it it hits that point where it's just okay. Well, that that's a lot of cards. Um, yeah. There's there's not a whole lot to say about it or. If you wanted more information, head over to VectorSigma.info. It was your very first article, was Dinobots? Yeah, look yep. for article number one. Check that one out. Although it's now, I guess, an outdated list, it's still a good base.
1: There, there's an updated list in the decklist section. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, moving on from Dino Chop, Disarm. It's Inferno, but one time.
1: Uh, too slow, in my opinion. Like, mm. you're basically using your action your action card play to like force them to replay their upgrade phase i, I mean i guess you can use it on your own come like own upgrades that have yeah there aren't enough come like, to play effects right now come to play effects or whatever we want to put them on the transformer effects like i'd rather play swap parts than this right for uh, my own benefit
0: do you um, what about shockwave edge case scenarios i feel like that's the caveat for almost every card
1: I think I'd rather play debilitating crystal than yeah. this because it's a it's like an it's you should get hopefully you'll get more than one use out of it right. So I think I'd rather just play debilitating crystal than this. That's fair.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not super excited about this one. I mean, maybe there'll be something. Uh, now disruption actually shows up in was it a whose video was it that was doing a shockwave build that was running this?
1: Uh, All spark something there. There's a link to it in on Vector info the, the deck list section.
0: Okay, so yeah, check out the decklist section and the, the links there do direct directly to or send people directly to the original content creator,
1: right? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's why any deck that's there that's not um, like it'll either link directly to our articles or it will link um, to whatever wherever I got the deck from on YouTube with everyone's permission. There, all those decks have been posted. It you know just helps everybody out. Exactly.
0: Like I said before, rising tide and all that fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, but th- I saw this in that list, and it seems interesting because upgrades are probably well. I don't know if people are going to sit on, or are more likely to sit on upgrades than um, actions. But how do you feel about including this? Obviously, it, it's a coercion effect,
1: but is it enough? So I guess we should talk about this. And what's the other one? Disruptive Ventures is the next card, I assume. Yeah, like even yeah, alphabetically. So they're obviously linked to one another. Exactly. Um, so I think if you build your deck and you un- and you understand I don't want to say like the metagame, but you understand how other decks are built, there may be certain scenarios where you are weak to a specific upgrade or you're weak to a specific um, action, um, or you're you're weak to a specific deck archetype, and those deck archetypes depend on one side or the other. Right. Um, So there may be, if if you're specifically weak against those, I can see where you would want to play one of these or the other, but I'm not like a fan of like, just put both in your deck, even if you're playing Shockwave because you're you're always going to immediately hit something. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, I'd have to watch his video again to understand why he played one over the other. Uh Um, Especially, I I think it's, I think it was like a brainstorm thing with this and that other one we took, collateral damage or whatever we talked about. Yeah. Put the or with the other the other one that like puts things back in your hand and things like so right um or it was just another another upgrade effect because like you know things like system reboot and shockwave both allow both players to draw cards so he you know he probably figured there was going to be more targets makes sense uh, most decks but I would say if you're specifically weak to one or the other like you know if you're weak to dino chomp play the you know. Disruptive, entr- disruptive entrance if you like right. to uh, specific upgrade play disruption.
0: Given the way this game works, I'm very curious to see how these play out over time. So in other games a control deck or a combo deck may sit on something for a while. Most be- And maybe it, it, speaking of your articles, it, most people seem to just kind of, oh, I draw it, I play it. I draw it, I play it. Whatever the, ha- the thing happens to be. So if you're yeah. not landing one of these on almost literally turn one, your target may already be gone. Now, Dino Chomp obviously, people will probably bank it for a couple turns just by virtue of well, I don't want to discard my hand. But, I would not be surprised to see these lose value simply because I draw a Grenade Launcher off the top. I play Grenade Launcher. It's gone. You, you know, it, it, there aren't yeah. going to be a whole lot of targets based on the way the game plays, but It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I appreciate that it's an... I like the coercion effects to exist anyway, so... Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, another shout-out to the artwork. Uh, Disruptive Entrance plays pretty close to System Reboot. I won't spoil anything, but if anybody reads those <laughs> comics, you'll you'll know what happens, and uh, it's always funny when people realize what's actually happening in some of the art. Um, so moving on to Emergency Maintenance. I don't know if this is the best heal card... I'm, it's kind of a a very low hurdle to get over. <laughs> uh, do you like this thing at all?
1: No, I don't. I don't. If you have, if there are more stars of your guys dead hmm. than what's in play, like you have to win really fast. Uh, Playing a long game you, is not gonna. Yeah, I, I mean, if your deck is focused on one guy and you can get, and the other guys get killed often. um, But if that's the case, what
0: one guy are you using that isn't, so like, say you're a rare prime deck. Well, it can't be him, mathematically. Yeah, that's my point, is that (laughs) you, it it could be an awkward thing, I mean, obviously you're building it to that thing, but it could be entirely possible that you have, you know, a 12-star character, and then 12 stars worth of other stuff. And you just happen to get to 24. It, it makes um, some of the composition questions awkward, I think.
1: Like, if this was blue, I'd play it in, with Nemesis. If this was... That's fair. Yeah,
0: Being orange I is really play. unfortunate for it.
1: If it was blue, I'd probably play it in Shockwave decks. If it was... It may have a place with Grimlock if you can have him be the last guy alive. Um, which is often how yeah. the games go. Um,
0: but in that deck, uh, I mean, you could just you know, I still function sludge back, and <laughs> it's a, oh, yeah, yeah. a way better exactly. version of this. Yeah. so. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think it's very good, but it, it doesn't mean that. Like the fact that it has a pip is obviously better than medic. Like medic not having any, but right, it's still not that good. Yeah. Healing is for some reason very like quote costly in this game, and I'm not yeah. sure why. Well,
0: I think it's a. There's a bunch of factors, but probably at least one of them is it's set one. There, it maybe yeah, they'll yeah, ramp it up yeah. over time. So, yeah. uh, so beyond healing equipment enthusiasts, this is another one where you got to really go all in on this. And I don't know. I mean, you could potentially draw a bunch of cards, but I don't know if I care enough to include this. I haven't found a home for it. What about you?
1: I have it as a one-of in a lot of decks, mm. um, especially ones that depend on upgrades, and it can reliably play, like, uh, especially if they can play utilities and um, either armor or weapons. Typically, right. decks don't want to play both, like, um, I think it's fine. It does, because it's every upgrade in play, like, it's really good, I would think, like, like those same scenarios we talked about with that other card that was pretty much unplayable. Um, the combat training, like to me, like you know, tanks would want this. Um, right, that's where I'm thinking. Cars want this. You know, like um, I could see where you would want to play this in Dinobots if you needed to draw more cards because um, they usually have a weapon or two in play and a matrix in play. Like so, any deck that has like, any deck that reliably plays the matrix would want this. Um, and can get equipment on multiple guys. I think it's pretty good, and I initially thought it was. Bad, mm-hmm. but I can see where this would like straight draw you. As long as this straight draws you three cards, it's usually better than other options. Yeah, um,
0: I've been expecting it to draw two in a lot of cases, and it's it's kind of an incoming transmission. Then, yeah, so it, it's one of those where I well, you had said it. Maybe you include one copy, two copies to try and you know shore up the numbers of your draw effects or something like that. But if you're not if you don't have a hunker down effect or something to you know vomit out extra upgrades, I I don't know. It, it feels like your guys are either gonna get killed off thereby you lose the upgrades or your opponents just gonna interfere with them or you don't have enough time. I don't know.
1: I mean any perfect case scenario, I don't want to be drawing cards in it because that means it's taking out my action card slot and I can't hmm. play usually a large percentage of what I'm drawing because I tend to play more action cards than upgrades in my deck. So, like, that's my issue with any card drawing. But if this allows me to draw, like, three cards in the middle of the game, I can see where it has use. So that's why I'm trying to play this like, a one of the right. certain
0: decks. Makes sense. I think that's
1: reasonable. Uh,
0: speaking of Hunker Down, uh, so this is the only, well, maybe not the only, but the major reason that I like to play Tanks because you get your, your start-your-engines effect. and
1: uh, It's not start-your-engines Well, yeah, <laughs> it's not that good.
0: Um, but it, it is something because so many... It, well, the, if you were to play an all-tank team, you have two tanks, Megatron and Darkmouth, that care about being flipped. And you, if you were to just do it naturally, you do not have enough time in any given game, even with the big defense. You need to be able to flip them back and forth and this gives you extra rollouts, I guess. Because uh, the armor, yeah. it's not uncommon that you're... its not. It, here's the, the biggest drawback that I've had. You play, say, reinforced plating or force field or pick an armor on a guy and then next turn you want to hunker down. Okay, well, you can't replace that armor with a new one. You just don't get to do it. So you shouldn't play the armor?
1: Right. But there are
0: scenarios where, okay, well, I played that armor four turns ago, and now I have hunkered down. You know, yeah, it, that's,
1: it, yeah.
0: Um, And it just... It, it, tanks do draw out the game for obvious reasons, so it's not unlikely that you're going to, you know, have several turns of okay, well, this sat out there, but I can't do any... You know, if you needed to cycle something where you happen to have reinforced plating on a guy for a while, and now you for some reason you want to get a force field, or whatever, you uh, it makes it awkward.
1: No, that's, that's... I mean, that's the only downside, though. Like, I would actually play this in any deck that uses any number of tanks. And arguably over Rapid Conversion, I would play this first. Right. Um. E- like, I mean, I know Rapid Conversion can hit non-tanks, but as long as, like, if I was playing Dark Mount, I would probably, like, even if Dark Mount was my only tank, I would still probably play two of this card. Yeah. As, like, a third... Um, with rollout and rapid conversion, because right. you can easily get the card advantage that we're talking about, and then you can you get another transformer effect, which he desperately needs. Absolutely, um, I wouldn't probably use it if like Demolisher was my only tank. But if I was using the, either of the other two Megatrons, I would probably play this card regardless. Also, yeah, again because of the because you just need those transformer effects because every tank except for Demolisher seems to have really powerful all abilities that you don't generally want to be in. So you want to get in, get out and this will do exactly what you want and can occasionally get you, you know, th- like what I like about this card, for example, is, um, well, they're not ranged in tank mode. So body armor doesn't work, but like things that, like, like you said, like reinforced plate, like you can play a force field early pop it and then use this later, for example, which right. You know, yeah. helps out like right there, so I like this card a lot. Even yeah. in, even though I'm not a huge fan of like all tank decks, it's clearly in the all tank deck. But I think it's good. If, I would run it no matter how many tanks I'm running, as long as it's not just Devourers my only tank.
0: Right. I think I agree with you there. It, it, the transform effects in general are so strong, and, and it's not that. In this case, you're you're air quotes gaining an extra action if you get the yes. armor. Yeah. But even if you don't, it's transforming one of your actions into a transform action. So you're right. trading your action for the turn to get an extra transform, which for things like Dark Mount is huge. It's incredible because you, you oh, yeah. really want yeah. to be just pinging all your opponent's guys all the time. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's worth the extra copies even if you may not be three wide tanks. Uh, this The next one actually, is it showing up in all your decks? Incoming Transmission? It seems like it's in virtually all of them.
1: Yeah, I mean... It does exactly what you want to do, which is... I mean, any deck that's aggressive, obviously, Mm -hmm. it's in. Um, Because... Even though I really like... uh, Peace Through Tyranny, or whatever it's called. um, The Time Walk card. Yeah. uh, I don't generally... I'm not trying to play... uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're rarely Improvised actually playing, playing it, it. <laughs> yeah i'm I'm not trying to play a, a, Improvised shield is the one i never really want to have in play oh yeah i will hold a piece or tyranny to use it in in effective situations so like i always want that card on the top of my deck or in my deck somewhere to flip it over during combat so i always want to put those i mean i, I would put any double r on top generally of course um, even if i want to use piece or tyranny later but this almost has no downside i mean you draw two cards you put one on top e- even if even if you put a white on top, it's beneficial to you. The only negative would be put a blue on top, obviously. So, I haven't been running it in my heavy, heavy blue decks, like, extremely heavy, but even there, it has shown up, just because it's a it's an efficient effect. Exactly. Um, I love that Rare Optimus can put blues on top, so that he can use them on defense. Yep. Um, to me, it's just like the standard, like, you always want to be doing this effect. Yeah. Because um, you you have to imagine that it, it's it's in this game it can be better than draw two cards discard one and you would pretty much always you know it you would play that often. Yeah, the fact that it's orange just really helps out. I just think it's exactly what Aggro decks want to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, th- that pretty much sums it up. I I have a hard time explaining to myself why I didn't include it. It's probably the most <laughs> succinct way to put it. Um, so ultimately, it ends up getting. Three sleeves in almost every deck.
1: Uh, yeah, it's like one of the staples that you just play because of what it does. Right, right.
0: Uh, what about the other card draw, Inspiring Leadership?
1: So, I like the fact that it immediately scraps the cards. Yes. Um. But I mean, it only re- it only ultimately replaces itself and does a sifting ability. Hmm. Uh, um, I think you play it in blue-based decks because it's it's more efficient than incoming transmission for the same situation. It's course. especially good if you're trying to somehow get things out of your scrap pile or play things out of your scrap pile, like jet fire type situations. Yeah. Um. So decks that want it will automatically play it, but like to me, like. If you could play team-up tactics, if you could play equipment enthusiasts, if you could play pure card draw, Mm -hmm. I would play them over this, if it makes sense. But I would play, like, this is not universal as universal as incoming. Because Mm -hmm. in this game, you want cards on top. You might not necessarily want cards in the scrap pile. Obviously, you're getting what you want, but it's difficult to use your action slot for the turn on something like this unless you're hmm. specifically looking for certain things
0: well that last point is actually what i was going to bring up is that so compared to say equipment enthusiasts which i've found is generally drawn two mm-hmm. the difference between two and three doesn't sound like a whole lot but if and we brought this up before the way the game works you're more likely to end up flipping something in combat than you are to draw it well, this digs three cards to try and go find that thing. Maybe if you're playing those brainstorm builds, which this would probably get included anyway to, to set up your combo turn. But right, if, if you need to go find something, this is one of the cards that will unequivocally dig for it. Whereas uh, you have some some caveats to set up a equipment enthusiast or some of the other card draw to make sure you, you could, if you're looking specifically for equipment. Great, you treasure hunt, but if you need an action, well, you're you're much more limited all of a sudden because, well, if you're if you're playing enough equipment to make equipment enthusiasts better than this, are you, how many abilities are you trying to go find? You know, right. it, it, that's one of the main reasons I like it. Plus, a lot of things I've been been I found a lot of decks I've been building lately are blue heavy, so obviously this is kind of an easy inclusion then.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the only like you said, the only situations where I think this is the the worst option is any aggro deck would rather play uh, incoming transmission, and then any any deck that could support heavy equipment would want a combination of equipment enthusiast and treasure hunt. Right. Any other deck out there other than those two will probably just play this as a default if it needs card draw.
0: Right. So uh, our next one is one that uh, I think is going to. ruin a lot of people's days, Um, and that's I Still Function. Uh, The ruling for Sludge, for those of you that are unaware, living under a rock, whatever you want to call it, is that if you I Still Function Sludge back into play, he can still soak up an infinite amount of damage. He'll die, but he can take on all the damage from your other Dinobots. So uh, if you're playing against Dinobots, try not to get rid of Sludge first, if you can help it.
1: so and just as a preview i i talk about this card at length in a match review i do um with wreck and roll that i mentioned earlier um this is the most important card in certain decks especially uh it can be the most important card in Dinobots. it can be the most important card in insecticons
0: yep
1: and the in certain scenarios, I think this card. I think this card is overrated. Like people want to put it in everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's wrong. Um, For a while, I went I through understand. that
0: phase, but yeah, it, uh, yeah. I I've definitely ratcheted it back.
1: I mean, you need to have a very high base attack because if you are doing this, and I I'm not talking about these brainstorm scenarios. Yeah. But <laughs> if you If you do this regularly. If you play an upgrade on the character that's not rocket launcher, of course, I mean a grenade launcher, of course, you're basically losing the upgrade and the character all at once at the end of the turn. Yeah. And even though that might score you a kill or something like that, like you're still losing that card. So hmm. you you don't necessarily want to do it in that situation. But Insecticons certainly want this card. It's insane with Ransack. It's insane with Kickback. Oh, absolutely. Um, Dinobots definitely want this card for the sludge combo that you said, as well as just being able to attack with Grimlock more often. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: if he somehow bites it early on, you know, one-shotting things with Grimlock later in the game is going to get you back into it.
1: But to be honest, I mean, those are two good decks, don't get me wrong, but I don't put it in any other decks hmm. right now. And that I may be wrong, but like, No other decks that I've built have base characters that have that high of attack or that have that many other things that I want to throw away. Like, you know, I can't, I still function into a Dino Chomp again without Brainstorm. Like, I can't, I still Mm. function into a Swarm or something like that. So, like, it's just that that there's scenarios with those two specific decks where the characters themselves are so powerful on their own that it's worth it to play this especially over, like, ready for action. But I just see people putting it in way too many decks that I just don't understand why.
0: Yeah, it's one of those where it you hear about the sludge thing, you hear about the ransack thing, or kickback, or whoever, and you go, wow, that is incredible. I could do that with my stuff, until you realize that your guy doesn't do what those bots do. So when you play I Still Function and pull back I mean, Wheeljack would feel good, but if you pull back Prowl, like, who cares? Yeah. It, it's just I mean, not, you know, I mean, it, it's not bad, you know, you got a guy back, you get a, a free attack, but you, you're not going to be super excited about it at the end of the day, and odds are you're flipping a zero-pip card most of the time.
1: Yeah, like, you're not going to want to, like, bring back Nemesis M- M- Prime, like, that doesn't even work. So, like, mm-hmm. I... I, it's a very, very good card for what it does. It's just, it's not an every deck card like I think most people think it is. I think those right. decks are just good, and they, th- and this is a reason why those decks are good. Don't get me wrong, but to me, it's just not an every deck card like I've seen it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, so, Leap Into Battle. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about this one, but I guess it's now the baseline for moving forward. A lot of cards are going to get evaluated against Leap Into Battle.
1: Uh, yeah, like I would imagine, like an orange one out that's only plus two, right? For example, um, or some other color if they eventually create that or whatever. Like, yeah, I would agree. This is the baseline, and uh, most decks play it. I think two again. I think too many decks play it because I think that people just are they're they're not putting enough stock that it doesn't have an orange pip in Aggro decks, for example, right?
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely a drawback there, but it. Yeah, it's another card that falls into the category of you still need to justify not including it. I think, as opposed to the other way around.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not in my Dino Bot list. It's not in my, some of my other Aggro lists, mm-hmm. but it's not for a reason. Like I've run the math as to why, and right. once you start getting too many blues, like I'd rather like in the Dino Bot deck, Dino Chomp is better. Well, of course. You know, for example. So.
0: Well, also there, if you're when you're so focused on bold, those blues do add up, um, right? Because you're right. just going to see them more often. But it it's so efficient that yeah, like I said, it's one of those where you you're going to sit down, you're going to try and either write out your list or pull stuff out of binders or boxes, and it's probably going to be there on the table immediately until you think of a good reason to. Say six shot. No, you got to go to the sideline for now.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Um, medic. uh, I think we already covered this earlier when we were talking about emergency maintenance. I I have a hard time seeing this making people battle decks.
1: I don't understand why it has no pips. Like, to me, again, I think they wanted the games to go faster, they didn't want healing to be a thing. Yeah. Um, so, I don't get why this is like, has no pips. So,
0: yep, that's kind of my opinion on it. I'm not a huge fan. I, I had mentioned to, uh, when I had done some card reviews with other people that, um, if there was a breakpoint where it's okay, well, healing two means that I get another turn in every scenario where I play it, maybe. But in most cases, it's, I mean, yes, there are times where that will happen, but in general it's, no, they just still die the next time they yeah. get
1: attacked anyway so it yeah. it's kind of a matter of If you have damage on you, you usually have enough to die regardless of whether the two are. Right. Just the way the math works out yeah. Exactly
0: uh, What about new designs? Does Nightbeat on there excite you?
1: <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> um, The card excites me Yes uh, a little bit. I I think it's it's another example of using one type of action to replace for another. Mm-hmm. Um, this is good in the specialist decks that want to play all those multi things, right? Um, to start chains and things like that. Um, yep. I've actually seen it have decent use again with Optimus because it basically allows you to play an upgrade quote off his ability instead of playing a. In action, so I think it's a cool use there. That's fair, yeah. Uh, especially because c- it has an orange pip. Um, I'm not generally a fan, though, of like using this as my action card just to play another upgrade. Unless somehow there's a deck, like I said, out there that has like over third uh, you know, over twenty upgrades or something like that, and you just always want to jam upgrades out there.
0: Yeah, I um, don't. I don't know if the all upgrade deck <laughs> is a thing yeah. yet. There, it, I'll be honest. There aren't. There are a lot of good upgrades, but a lot of them, I mean, because of the way you're limited, it's, as in, you know, you you can only have one armor, one weapon, one whatever, unless you're playing living weapon, which I guess this is an auto-include in that rare Megatron build, but outside of specialists, I don't know if the cards are there right now. I definitely think this will be good, but maybe not necessarily right now.
1: Yeah, I like that Optimus use. That's about it, though. Yeah. Right now. But I can understand where it, it has play in certain other decks, and I've seen it show up in some lists where I'm not like, oh, that seems horrible. Like I can understand why it's there, at least. Yeah, it
0: definitely doesn't seem unreasonable, and I think most places that I've seen it, I can agree. It's okay, yeah, you're, you're doing this for a reason. It's not just, you know, because you really want to lean into the, I'm going to wombo you out with some Christmas level stuff,
1: but Yeah, it's definitely a combo card, I would think. Right. So our last
0: one for tonight before we close up shop is One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. So I appreciate that they they got this in. I kind of wish that it was two different cards. You know, so there's a One Shall Stand and then a separate card that was One Shall Fall. Um, It would have been cool if then they had, like, this is a heal three and deal
1: three, maybe. I don't know. But in any case, how do you feel about this one? See my issue with the art is that it's from more than meets the eye instead of from the movie. That's true because it's not like they don't say "one shall stand, one shall fall" in more than meets the eye.
0: Yeah, well, this is all the art is from the comics, so this was like basically a recreation scene of of the the opener. Uh, but wow. I gotcha, you, yeah.
1: Because uh, that, that's another thing. I I loved when they used these weapons in the first episode, and like they never used them. Again yeah, <laughs> in any of the cartoons.
0: Yeah. It it's and, so weird uh, that they disappeared. I don't I don't know if it was like a budget animation thing. You know what I mean like it was too difficult to get energy weapons a lot. I don't and it was easier to do you know light lines for lasers. I don't know.
1: Like, did Mirage ever disappear again? Did Skywarp ever disappear again? Like they all. Yeah.
0: Had... Well, to be fair, that was because they didn't have new toys to sell. So <laughs> <laughs> once they they introduced those guys, it's like all right, whatever, get the new one in, especially season two. <laughs>
1: So I always thought, like, the axe and the, and the ball and chain were awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's my issue. But if it comes from the comic that I haven't read, that's fair. That's yeah. a fair point. Um, so it may be said there. But um, I always equate it with the first three episodes. So Oh, of course. Um, to me, this is the most underrated card in the game. Uh, I'm, coming I <laughs> I'm coming around to that.
0: I'm coming around to that. I
1: understand why people don't like it, quote, unquote. I think it's because they've never played with it. Hmm. Um, this is a pure example of what I'm talking about in the articles about understanding the, the, the break points for damage. Right. Um, there's a lot of situations where your guy taking three is irrelevant and their guy taking three is extremely relevant. Yeah. Um, I think people see it has no pips that's that goes you know that's a negative for it they see i'm only doing one more damage than plasma burst and one of my guys does take three like why would i ever want to do that well there's a reason why and i'm i'm sure it's a mathematical reason why
0: three damage is actually really significant especially out of combat like that's a lot of damage yeah and like you said because it it again goes back to one of the other cards that we mentioned earlier a symmetrical effect, but you know it's coming. You've prepared for it both before the game and in the game. It, you have everything on your side to break the symmetry of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, if you want, and I've watched a lot of gameplay videos, I've watched people play games live. It's, it's like situations we talked about before. They jam, leap into battle, they jam grenade launcher onto a guy right away. So you do the math and it's like, my guy has, let's just say, four attack to start with. I'm grenade launching and I'm, I'm leaping into battle. You, you know, attack for, and let's say they hit one orange, let's just say, attack you for 12. And like, they attack your, I don't know, like 10 health guy. Did it matter if your guy was at full life or was ahead seven left? They're still dead. Right. So the the three that you will, could have dealt is significant. Yeah, um, it's huge. Out of combat damage. Um, I have to, I'd have to run. It's you have to be careful. Like you have to run the math to figure out whether or not the other options are better for you. Right. Um. Like like if you're typically doing two less than your opponent, plasma versus is obviously better if somehow you're only usually doing one left zap is better but i guarantee you it's gonna be at three more often because that's why the card seems to have all these negatives to it because it can do exactly what you want it to do and i've gotten two of these off in a game before Mm -hmm. and it's just like insane like you're just you're just killing guys like out of combat. And that's just huge.
0: So are you trying to it's tell huge. me that the people that design this game may know what they're doing?
1: <laughs> and it, it may involve math. I know it's yeah. surprising. That, it, that, may that, involve it, math.
0: that is wild. And I don't know if I'm in the state of mind to be able to accept that kind of th- talk right now. But I, I agree with you. I was not hot on it to begin with. Um, and it wasn't just because I took three and there was a downside to it. The negative, the lack of pips factored into it, but it was more my own ignorance of I didn't understand how valuable just lightning bolting somebody is. I played enough games now where I can confidently say that, yeah, three damage is a huge chunk. Like, you, that's a, that matters and changes a lot of math over the course of a game. And since it's straight up out of hand, I mean, pretty much all of them are, but, you know, you don't need to rely on your combat pips. You don't need anything else. It's just, bang, that guy takes three and possibly just ends him. It, It makes a humongous difference. So I expect this will rise in popularity over time, especially because, as you said, you could just drop it on a guy where it doesn't matter. If that guy's about to die, you know, like your opponent is threatening a gazillion damage next turn, onto whatever guy. And if you plop three extra damage on him, it doesn't matter. Well, who cares? That guy was going to die anyway. Or, if you you drop it on someone that can be protected for multiple turns in a row, well, then that three damage maybe doesn't matter for, you know, five, six turns. And hopefully that three damage now on them, since you choose where it goes, you can help close it out that much quicker.
1: Yeah, there are, there are multiple... I have to find ways, reasons to not play this in decks. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, at this point, yeah, um, it has clear synergy with multiple insecticons, which right. is another reason why I've I've grown to like that deck more because I like this card a lot. Yeah, um, and like you said, like you choose where the damage goes, not them. Like in both situations, so I just think it's right. It's really, really underrated in my opinion. I get that it has no and most people are people are very focused on combat damage being more efficient than out-of-hand damage. And I agree in most situations, but this card is specifically, like, the number three is just large on this card.
0: Yes. So. It's one of those things that, as knowledge of the game grows in general, it, it, just like any other game, you learn to find out how many cards do you need to draw for a certain effect to be worthwhile, or how much damage does it need to do, or how much healing needs to occur. And you hit these breakpoints where it's just a watermark of, okay, well, in order to do this much damage, it should only cost this many resources. And I think we're seeing that three damage, whether it's three direct damage or three healing, is one of those thresholds that we're going to judge every card going forward by that standard.
1: Yeah, that's, like, to me, you have to get two points, two hit points out of everything you do, um, and this is above the curve, leap into battle is above the curve. Right. Dino Chomp's above the curve, like, there's there's numerous examples, like, but I think generally, like, you know, Flamethrower will get you two, Power Reserve will get you two, a lot of upgrades will get you two, so that's why, like, three to me is above that curve.
0: Yeah, three seems to be the magic number uh, in a lot of things, but here as well. Yep. So uh, that actually closes up our review of the first half of the action. So just to close out and not keep you here all night, Scott, I know we've mentioned vectorsigma.info, but where can people find you? What else are you working on? Any shout outs or anything like that to close out?
1: Uh, thanks to Wreck and Rule for letting me um, work on a new article that I'll probably up, have up on Friday after they review it um, on getting to analyze their gameplay uh, before and then give my. Quote Money Morning Quarterbacking on it um, to hopefully teach people uh, some things just about uh, you know odds and things like that and you know series of plays and how they can get at, get away from you and things like that. Um, so thanks to them for letting me do that and providing content for me to watch at work uh, all the time. Always um, working hard. Yeah, you can find me actively in the the main Transformers card game uh facebook group as well as the us one i'm also active on the discords but i just prefer chats on facebook you can also email me at vectorsigma.info at gmail.com um or just hit me up on facebook uh whenever you want uh i usually respond directly to somebody um there's also the vector sigma facebook page as well you can hit us up there as well
0: awesome Yeah, one of these days I'll figure out which uh, Facebook group is actually a central hub one. I'm virtually never on there. I let WIFE, whenever we're doing all random Thoughts related things, take care of the Facebook piece of it. Uh, But you can check us out over at randomsthoughts.wordpress.com or uh, RandThoughtPod, like I said, on Twitter. We're on SoundCloud and virtually every other uh, social media platform just to have a presence there. But definitely reach out to myself or Scott on any of the things we've mentioned. Let us know what sort of content you wanna see going forward. We have a bunch of things lined up, but if we wanted, if the community as a whole wants to tailor it one way or another, let us know. Because after next week, all the easy stuff is gone. We've done all the card reviews, so then it's gonna be starting to dive into either theory or deck lists, various strategy elements. Maybe we can do some live streams for other stuff, but we'll see where it goes. So uh, with that, I guess we'll close up. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and tune in next time for some more Random's Thoughts.